0: Lord, I thank you so much for my brother and my sister that is in this room. Lord, we recognize even during this time of prayer and fasting, that we have such need of you. Lord God, we cannot do anything in our own strength. Lord God, if anything, we recognize more and more, Lord God, as we get closer to you, how great it is to be in your presence, but Lord, how much we need you. We need you, God. So I pray that your word would come forth today and and challenge our hearts, Lord God, so that we'd be closer to you, closer in mind, closer uh, that we would be able to renew some things in our hearts, some commitment in our hearts, some commitment to you and to things that you've called us to do. And not only that, that you would renew us by your spirit, that you would renew us by the, the anointing, that you would renew us through the washing of your blood. And that the washing of the word would come today. Lord God, that we would be set free. Those that could be lights into the darkness. We thank you for it. Open our eyes again that we could see. Open our ears that we could hear what your spirit is saying. And open up our hearts that we could receive all that you have for us this morning. And if you're in agreement with that today, shout amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. The Lord's been changing my my message for so long. (laughs) You're just going to have to get my heart this moment. (laughs) We've been in a series that we started last week. And uh, we're continuing the the word that the Lord was giving us for this year, 2020. During this month in particular. And I, I believe he'll continue to do it throughout the year. But it's refuel. Refuel. We talked about some things last week about what that entails and you know sometimes you know we can't wait until that light comes on to be those that are refueling this whole thing came about uh, from the the scripture of the ten virgins who who needed to have the oil in their lamps and needed to be ready and I'm telling you times are changing folks that the hour that we live in we need to be ready I said we need to be ready we need to be ready for the return of the Lord I know that many things are going to change over the, the next several months and years, and I don't know exactly what, ex- what all is going to take place. I know that the church is going to go through tremendous persecution. I know that there's a lot of things that are going to happen, but nonetheless, it's time to refuel because it's going to be a glorious church, friends. It's going to be a joyous church. It's going to be a miraculous and a supernatural church. And we need to be those that are not not slumbering in the time when the Lord is saying, make yourself ready. Make yourself ready. Be my pure and my spotless bride. He's beckoning us to come. And so for those of us, you know, uh, I appreciated Mark's devotion. If you were receiving some of the prayer and fasting devotions and he shared about, you know, how he's been on some long trips up to Canada. How many of you guys know that's a lot of time in a car? That's a lot of hours. And, you know, he said, you know, typically I don't. I don't Is it okay if I share this (laughs) you know typically I don't necessarily wait until the uh, you know the the gas light comes on but that's a good reminder okay it's time to look for the gas station it's time to look for the place to pull into and when you're traveling at night in the wee hours of the morning in 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 sparse land how many guys know that even if you find a gas station it may not be open so he said in his in his devotion he's found himself You know, pulling up and having to sleep overnight until the gas station opens. He made it to the gas station, but it wasn't open. I'm telling you, it's time for us to be at the gas station when it's open. Where's the gas station? In front of the face of Jesus. You pull into that line, you pull into that lane, and he's going to give you everything that you need. He's going to give you everything that you need. It's not time to see that light come on and say, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. No, it's not time for that. It's time to pull into the gas station and get fueled up by the Lord. It's not only time to get fueled up by the Lord, but it's, in, it's pertinent and it's, it's pivotal that we get filled with the right fuel, the right kind of fuel, not just diesel or not just gasoline if you have a diesel vehicle. I shared that experience. You need the right kind of fuel. Sometimes some things get into your fuel lines. You need a flush. You need to be renewed. And that brings us to kind of where we're at today. We need to be renewed. We need to be renewed by the Spirit of God. Next week, we'll talk about being restored by the refueling power of God. There's some restoration that the Lord wants to allow to take place within our our body, within our homes. But today, I want to talk about renewal just for a few moments. And... Some of those things, it comes into play where, yeah, we love to shout and say, God, renew me by your spirit. Let me come into your presence and let me be renewed. Yes, that is part of this. But when I was praying into this and God was speaking, renew, renew, what he was really calling for was a renewed commitment for me. He desires continually. He will always pour out his spirit in abundance. He promised it to us. He promised us that we wouldn't be a people of lack. If we're, if we're dealing with it, you know what? We're in a place of a process or we're in a place where perhaps, yeah, we may need to adjust some things. Just like we're adjusting the church dead. You need to make intentional steps to take care of some things. But the Lord says specifically, what do you need to renew? What do you need to renew? He gave me one word. You know what that is? Love. Love. You need to renew love. And you're not going to be able to renew your love without receiving my love. Right. But you need to renew your love for me. Some of you need to renew your first love. Some of you need to renew your love for 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 giving your life as as Christ did as a ransom for many. <laughs> Christ went to the cross and he gave everything. He gave everything. Those of you who were here Wednesday night, I'm kind of... Going to repeat a few things that I shared there. But during communion, we even had communion here last week. Isn't it good when we have communion and we take part of the Lord's Supper? We should be do, doing that as often as we can. I don't know what the rest of this year looks like. I know for sure, yeah, we do it the first Sunday of the month. You know what? We may do it a little bit more often, but you know what? Even, even beyond that, any meal we have together is communion. You recognize that when the saints come together, we have communion, we have community available to us but there were some things that paul was addressing to the corinthian church when he spoke those words about taking the communion you remember about the verse that says don't take this communion in an unworthy manner right and we typically equate that to you know don't don't take the cup. Don't take the chip in the sip with, with sin in your life. If you've got an offense against your brother, be, be sure to take care of that before, before you take part of communion. But, but can I tell you, that's not totally, that's part of it. But that's not totally the context of what, what Paul was addressing there to the Corinthian church. He was addressing their lack of community. Their lack of taking communion in the way that Christ gave it. The way that Christ came into communion, close proximity with his disciples and sharing and saying, take ye, this is my body that was broken for you and and drink of the blood. This This is my blood which will be shed for you. This is the new covenant in my blood. I've created a new covenant for you to be in community, for you to be in fellowship one with another. If you look at it, you'll know that I'm not lying. Read several verses before and after. You'll find all the verses that talk about don't have these grumblings. Don't have these different things about the the separations that you have between this type of theology and that type of theology, this type of socioeconomic class. Okay, we'll just say this type of person and that type of person. Don't have these arguments about you. And then don't come to the supper of the Lord just wanting to gouge yourself and be done. Don't be the first one to the table so, and, and take all the food so that the person that's last in line has nothing to eat. That's what he's talking about. Can you understand that what I'm talking about and I'm trying to describe to you, yes, I'm talking about community. But really, I'm talking about love. I'm talking about love. If you are going to take part in communion, you have to take part in the love of Christ. You have to take part in the fact that, you know what, I love my brother enough to care for their needs above my own. I don't care about what I need and what all the things are about me. I, I care about my, my, my brother and my sister. It's time to renew our commitment to love, renew our commitment to community. There's a reason why we have these community culture nights happening on Wednesday nights. I encourage all of you to be there. This isn't just a teaching. This is really, hey, this is where God's taken us. This is why we need community. The fact is, is what Jesus was saying and what Paul was was recognizing and he explained to the Corinthians was that if you take this communal idea, this community idea in an unworthy way, you proclaim curses upon yourself. And you actually don't fulfill the kingdom of God. You don't fulfill my plan for the church. You want to see the church arise? You have to take part in this community, this communion. You have to be those that are recipients of my love. There was a, a cry that went out. Those of you that appreciate history, how many guys how many of you remember Patrick Henry? Patrick Henry, he said something. Along these lines, give me liberty or give me death. Do you remember that? The next generation shouted pretty much, give me liberty. Give me liberty. They left out the part about death. Doesn't it sound a little bit like communion? Take part in my death. Proclaim my death until I come. This present generation just simply shouts, give me. Give me. The famous quote from Leonard Ravenhill is what one generation allows, the next one embraces. And we find ourselves in a culture where we don't really care about each other. We want the best services. We want the best things for us. And, you know, I'm talking about the church worldwide. But you know what? There's times where we all fall and succumb to these things because we have flesh that tries to rise up. We we get better at painting a picture like we're holy or we're sanctified or we have the right mindset. But on the inside, that's what I'm talking about tonight. Today. (laughs) Hopefully we won't be here all night. (laughs) Don't say amen to that. (laughs) I'm talking about renewing your love for the Savior that bled and died for us. I'm talking about the fact that we shared last week a story about the man who had the demoniac son who was deaf and who was mute. And the disciples could not heal him, right? They could not deliver him. And the whole thing that was going on is that you had this gentleman, this father, really upset. But then Jesus comes down. What I didn't share with you was that he was coming off of the transfiguration, he was coming out. Coming off of this amazing experience And you would think Like okay If if I had an amazing experience An amazing encounter here with the Lord today The Holy Spirit came in such a way That I was slain in the Spirit on the floor I received a vision My body was healed You know whatever in your mind In your natural mind considers You know that was a great experience Or encounter with the Lord Some of you would be completely different Than what I just described But whatever that looks like for you However God has encountered you. After that experience, wouldn't you be expecting to see some great things that day, that week? Wouldn't you be expecting to 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 to, to say, hey man, somebody's gonna see me. I'm glowing. I'm glowing. <laughs> they're gonna see me, they're gonna see that I'm fi- on fire, and they're gonna say something. Man, look how on fire you are. Look how bright you shine. You must have been in the presence of the Lord. And we, we twist that thing a little bit into how good we are. Even we didn't have nothing to do with that. Isn't that what we tend to do with a lot of Christianity? Isn't that what we tend to do? We try to take credit for things that are completely not our credit. We need to renew our understanding that He has loved us. And it is only because of His love that we can ever say I am redeemed, we can ever say I am set free, that I am saved. That I'm able to speak to someone else. And say the same thing. My goodness. My goodness. But he comes. Christ comes after that moment. That amazing moment where God himself. The father up in heaven. Again confirms that this is my son. This is my son. He's had an amazing experience. And what does he do? He comes into an encounter. Where he has to see his neighbor. Are you hearing me? He has to see. A neighbor that is saying, your disciples can't do it. They can't hack it. They can't cut it. But my son needs set free. And Jesus sees the whole situation. And out of his amazing love, after this experience, he begins to pour into his neighbor. He begins to not only set that demoniac free, but he speaks directly into that father and begins to heal him. And begins to pinpoint those areas in his life where he needed to change. That's the love of God. That's the love of God. He said, how long has this been going on? Basically identifying the fact that you've had this need for quite some time. You've had this need for quite some time. I know we talked about some of this last week, but you need to hear this because perhaps you've forgotten. I know only 20% is what, about what you remember. But let me refresh some things. That he was identifying some things within that father to say, you know what? Yeah. For all these years, perhaps some other things could have been done. Maybe I could have actually had faith. Maybe I should stop complaining about your disciples' faith that they can't heal and recognize that maybe there's something that I need to do. When Jesus comes into the picture, when you pull into the station, you recognize your need. You might get sticker shock at the price per gallon. You might get sticker shock that it cost his entire life. You may say, I have no way to pay for this. And then Jesus comes in his love and he says, you know what? It's okay. I've got the bill. It's free. It's free. Just empty yourself. Open up. Open up the tank and let me fill you. Open up the tank and let me fill you. He renews some things. Oh. Can I share a story with you? Thank you, Eddie. (laughs) You got my back, brother. I appreciate that. Love one another. This is the command that I was trying to get to, alluding to, but I think all of you are sensing and hearing it, that Christ said that this is my command, that you would love one another, that you would love the Lord your God, of course, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. But you know what? There's something about loving one another. Can I tell you, I shared this again Wednesday night, but you need to hear this. I'm doing this intentionally because I want to hear it Wednesday night. <laughs> you missed something. Hallelujah. If someone were to ask me in my entire life experience, what, was, what would be the one particular miracle that was the greatest miracle you've ever experienced in your life? What was the one greatest miracle? And if you were to ask me that today, my answer would be the same every single time. You want to know what it would be? Do you think it would be seeing, seeing the blind open their eyes? Do you think it would be ears opening? Do you think it would be deliverance from demoniacs? You want to know what it is? You do, don't you? <laughs> Dramatic pause. <laughs> it's that I'm a big, I am able to love. That is the one greatest miracle. Yeah, I love them when there's salvation, but I can't take credit for salvation. I can't even take credit for learning to love, but I'm telling you the greatest miracle that I have seen in my life is the fact that I am able to love. You wanna know why? Because in myself in my flesh, in my upbringing and everything that I had in my own view of myself, I could not love anybody. It's only by the grace of God and the mercy of God that I'm able to love anyone today. I went through a time uh, when I was working with Operation Blessing, and I've shared this, this testimony before, but I'm going to share a little bit deeper insight to you. While I was working through with Operation Blessing for seven years, doing disaster relief, seeing people at their lowest point. In their lives, sometimes losing loved ones, a lot of times losing everything that they had, whether it be in a fire, a flood, a hurricane, some type of storm, some type of disaster. Seeing them at their lowest, I got to the place to where I was at the end of my natural self. I could not love anyone beyond what I, I, I was at the end. I had no more love to give. I had no more compassion to show. I had developed what was coined compassion fatigue, and, and I was just tired. Basically, I knew the process. I knew it well enough to say, okay, you're at the beginning of this hurricane season. Yeah, you lost your house, but I see here you have insurance. So basically, I didn't say this to everybody, but in my heart and in my mind, I was saying, get over it. You're going to be fine. <laughs> that's not the love of Christ, friends. In case you didn't recognize, that's not the love of Christ. <laughs> But I got to the point where you're just like everybody else. I know you're gonna get through this because I've seen the process, it works, and you're probably gonna end up with something better than you had before and all that kind of stuff, so quit your complaining, quit whining, you're gonna be okay. Instead of meeting them right there at their need like Jesus would do, giving them the cup to drink, consoling them, putting my arm around them when they're in their time of need and recognizing if I were in their exact situation for the first time in that moment, I would be very distressed just like they are. We tend to live our lives in experience knowing sometimes we, 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 we prejudge people. They're going through something. You see a, a young person, hear me? I'm a young person. Making a foolish mistake, Be like, no, they're going to learn. They're going to learn. Instead of taking a step to say, you know what? Maybe there's some things I can do to help. I'm not saying every young person will be willing to hear you. You know that experience as well. But I am saying it's not a point to just write everybody off and not get involved with your neighbor. So I'm here, I'm, I'm finding myself, I'm getting angry with people. I'm getting short. I am feeling devastated because I'm not living out my calling of ministry according to the way that I had thought it was supposed to be. I'm, I'm probably four, five, five, maybe even six years into this at this point of seeing people at their worst. And I get to this point where I recognize, all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit begins to prompt me and allows me to have that light go on. That, that refuel light comes on and I recognize, you know what? Something's gotta change or I'm done. Something's gotta change or I have to even quit this job because I'm of no use, this is just a job to me. This is not a ministry, I'm not helping them, I'm not helping the people, something's gotta change. And maybe you found yourself coming to the same point. But I remember, I was in Joplin, Missouri Right after a tornado had come through, one of the worst tornadoes in history, total devastation, if you were in, in that place, you could look to the left, to the right, and just total devastation, total devastation. And I remember coming back to the, the, the hotel that we were staying at that particular night, and I got there, and I, I was just staying up, I was, I was troubled all night, I was gonna fall, <laughs> troubled all night. And I began to ask God, I I said, God, I can't do this anymore. God, I can't do this anymore. Either you have to allow me to have compassion for these people again, or I've got to quit. I've got to come home. I'm away from my family, and I'm thinking about them more than I am, the people. I'm, I'm resenting my job that is paying the bills and all this kind of stuff instead of being here present with the people. I'm resenting the call that you have upon my life. I know that you told me to come here, but I'm, I'm really questioning it right now. Wondering whether this is really your will. Did I miss it? I knew you told me to come here, but was I supposed to get off a few years ago? You, you understand these questions. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm there. I'm, I'm sitting on the edge of my bed. And I'm just there. I'm, I had a, a roommate, but he ended up going out. And so I'm just there. And I'm crying out to God, I'm saying God changed me. And in that moment, as I came to the end of myself, I realized I was completely empty. All of a sudden the Holy Spirit came down upon me and began to flood my spirit and flood my soul and I began to feel him again. I hadn't realized it, but I hadn't felt him in years. I was, I was dealing with what I had been fueled up with perhaps during the revival years ago or, or different times. My, my, my devotion life was nothing. You know, I was just, there were so many hours. I just kept on doing things, going through the motions. And my love tank was empty. But God came down in that moment and he, he set me free because I came to the point where I recognized if this is where you have me, God. Nonetheless, if this is where you have me, help me to be content. Help me to be content. And God poured out his love on me in such a way that all of a sudden, I was bursting the very next day. I'm not telling you that everything completely changed in a moment because it didn't. It was a progressive thing, and it's still a progressive thing. It's as if the Lord continues to fuel me, and he needs to remind me from time to time because we deal with flesh, and sometimes we don't want to love each other. Sometimes we don't want to extend forgiveness. Sometimes we don't want to give grace or patience to our children when they're in the moment in the car yelling at each other and we snap at them even though we're, we're thinking about 20 other things during the day, not that actual moment and we come across too harshly. You guys have been there. You know what I'm talking about. But I'm telling you in that moment, something changed. I began to shift and that next day I began to see people. I began to pray for them every morning. Lord, allow me to show them your love. And I began to weep for these people. I didn't know these people, but I began to weep for these people and believe that there would be salvation. As we were handing out water and food and, 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 and putting tarps on the roofs or, or mucking out their houses and, and doing different things. But this being Joplin, okay, we were doing chainsaw work, bringing a chainsaw over their house or we doing different things. Helping them fill a tote with whatever belongings we could find. I began to feel sympathy again and then compassion and then love began to well up in my heart. I'm telling you, it's time that we don't become a church that is cold. We don't become a church that turns a blind eye or a deaf ear to those around us. We don't turn a, a blind eye or a deaf ear to the, to the polarized nation that says, you know what, I don't care about morality. I only care about myself and I'm going to live this way and I'm going to spit in your face and let you know that I'm right till, till midnight. I don't care what's coming, at your, coming your way, whether it's at the workplace or in your family or in your home or through the media. It's time to renew the love of God in your heart. Renew the love of God in our hearts. There's freedom in it. And the Lord showed me a picture pretty much of this. You ever see a line drawn in the sand by the Lord? Sometimes when we draw the line ourselves and we try to tell him where he's got to come over to. But when the Lord begins to draw a line in the sand and says, come over here, it's altogether different. And what the Lord was speaking to me, he said, it's time to possess the land. It's time to possess the land. How do you possess the land? What is the land? What are you talking about, God? There's so many pictures, so many analogies. A lot of you in here are preachers. A lot of you know the word. A lot of you have read through the the Exodus and you understand the stories that that go along with it and and all the trials and all the wilderness and everything that's going on. But he was saying it's time to possess the land We're right here. 2020, you're right here, son. 2020, you're right here where you come over. Will you come over? There's some of us in this room that are comfortable on this side of the line. This isn't a condemning statement. This is saying it's time to renew. It's time to renew our commitment towards the Lord. To recognize that we're not going to stay on this side of victory. We're not going to stay on this side of being able to possess the land that flows with milk and honey. To possess the land and to, to overcome giants and to, to overcome every single thing that is set up before you. It's time to look it in the face and say, okay, it's time to cross over. It's time to cross the line. To cross over into victory, into breakthrough. It's time to cross over into barely, from barely getting by street into the place of abundance. It's time to, to cross over into the place where, you know what, I don't care about my neighbors. I'm just going to live my life until hopefully I either die peacefully or get, res, get, get, uh, get raptured somehow or something like that. Whether persecution or not, tribulation or not, conversation for another time. You're hearing what I'm saying. It's time to cross over. It's time to cross over. There's specific things that the Lord has spoken to many of you that you've been waiting on and, and, and slowly the voice of, uh, of, of the enemy has been beating you down so that you cannot love anymore. You've been placed in a place like I was sitting on the bed with compassion fatigue. You're like, I can't, I can't pray anymore. I can't fast anymore. I'm done. I'm done. And the Lord's saying, no, it's time to cross over. It's time to cross over so that you can reap the reward. How many of you guys feel like you've put forth enough effort in this lifetime to say that, you know what, there's some rewards that are supposed to be coming your way that the enemy has held captive? Amen. That's right. By a show of hands, for real, how many of you have experienced that? The you get to the place where if you're honest with yourself today, you would say enough is enough. Enough is enough. Well, I'm telling you, I'm just another preacher Saying the same verse over and over, "Possess the land, guys. Possess the promises. It's the cry of God's heart." This is the word of the Lord for you. It's time to cross over and possess the land. It's time to cross over, for us to be able to fall into that place where we see the supernatural. And that's the difficulty. The difficulty is, is on this side, it's easy, because we're just dealing with our flesh. We're just dealing with the things that we're used to and with our own strength. But you know what? We find ourselves blinking, blinking. Your tank is empty. Your tank is empty. If you don't pull over now, the engine light's gonna come on, folks. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? In order to cross over, this is how we're closing. Mike, I'd like you to come. In order to cross over, We have to be those that live in a life of faith. We have to live and exercise the faith that God has supplied us. Do you have any faith this morning? You can cry out like the father that said, Lord, I recognize that I do have some faith. I do believe. But Lord, I need you to help my unbelief. You see, the Lord had showed him that he had to go back and remember the point of disappointment in his life. The Lord is saying that to us today. If you want to cross over, you have to go back and reflect and refocus and remember. If you want to commit, you have to go back to the place of remembrance of where you first got disappointed. The place where you first got discouraged. The place where you first became discontent. The place where you first felt like you didn't receive what you deserved. Remember that point of disappointment. The second thing he did was he talked about the offense. You see, ultimately, this man's disappointment was not with those people. It was not with the, with, with the disciples when his son could not be healed. It was with God. His disappointment was with God himself. And if we're honest in this place today, a lot of what we're disappointed in is not the person sitting next to us. We're disappointed with God himself. We need to remember where it was and what it really is. Jesus didn't defend his father's honor, nor did he defend the powerlessness of his disciples He was more interested in the man's healing than proving who was right or who was wrong. It was the most important issue other than setting the child free from the demonic oppression. He wanted to see that man set free. The third thing Jesus allowed this distraught father to identify was his own need of God. It said, and straight away, the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe Help my unbelief. He recognized his need. You know, there's beauty about the kingdom of God, isn't there? About the process of crossing over, about the process of receiving his love. The beauty is is that the diploma we receive from learning these lessons doesn't seem to match the course for graduation sometimes. Sometimes we see like the betrayal in Joseph's life. The the, the process of receiving that diploma didn't seem to match up with what was going on. Falsely accused, betrayed, being in prison. How did that produce a loving heart within Joseph? How was it possible? Only God. Only God. How did he open up the storehouse to feed all of his betrayers, to feed the the neighbors, to express the love of his father, only receiving the love of God. It's only the unnatural school of Christ that can teach us how to be given for the benefit of others in the midst of suffering by others' hands. Isn't that the whole gospel, friends? that the whole gospel that in the midst of suffering in the midst of persecution in the midst of real persecution we're able to say to our enemy in the eye face to face I still love you you can kill my body you can kill my family I still love you you can't say that I don't care how super spiritual you think you are today You would not be able to say that in the face of terror, in the face of that moment, if God does not himself place his love inside of you. You better believe that your your light would be blinking pretty well in that moment. You'd be thinking, you know what? No, I want my kids to survive. Just, Just do me, not them. Or perhaps some other way. But in that moment, you would see If God gave you his love, there would be a miracle. There would be a miracle. That's the greatest miracle I've ever seen. It's time to cross over this year, friends, into a time of promise, into a place of promise. You walk through that by faith, but by taking that one step of faith, that one leap, you receive all of his love, not just a little bit, all of it, all of it. Greater love has no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. The complete giving of ourselves. Bow your heads with me. It's time for us to renew our commitment with the Lord. It's time for us to not play games. It's time for us to not conflate who we are or what what we're doing with what reality is. The Lord wants to rid us this morning of idols that are in our lives, that are keeping us from experiencing his love. You know what one of those idols could be? Fear. You know what one of those idols could be? Disappointment. You actually make your own disappointment an idol. And all of these things, these idols begin to be, bring oppression about you. And the Lord says, I want to set you free today. I want to set you free from oppression. I want to set you free from stubbornness this morning. I know this may not be easy to hear, but the Holy Spirit's speaking to us. He wants to free us from stubbornness that has turned into rebellion. Some of you are living a rebellious lifestyle and you know it. And the Lord's beckoning you to come home. Rebellion, friend, it's like the sin of witchcraft. It'll get you into all kinds of places. It brings you into a place of disobedience. Some of you have simply been in that place of discontent and in that place of of not being able to feel the Lord's love. And the Lord says, I want to set you free. I want to fill you. But there's disobedience in your life. There's disobedience in your life. And friends, disobedience removes the word of God from bearing fruit. If it removes, if you're disobedient, it removes the word of God. It removes that flow of life. It removes your connection to the vine. And the Lord's saying, I want to abide with you again. I want you to come to be connected. I want you to come and receive my love so that my love can be shared to all those around you. I'll refresh you. I'll fill you with life. Instead of being bound by fear and fear-dominated, spiritually impoverished and bankrupt, I'm going to set you free and make you live the abundant life. Do you need to renew your heart this morning? I'm not going to ask for hands raised. I just want you to have some time with the Lord right now. Begin to cry out to the Lord if you need to renew some commitments. You need to renew some things before the Lord. I'm going to open up this altar before you. If you want to stay in your seat, that's one thing. But maybe you need to cross the line this morning. Maybe you need to take a a physical act to show the representation of what's going on in your heart. To say, God, I recognize that I'm on empty and I need your love. I need your love, God. I need your love. The Lord says, my soul will have no pleasure in him who draws back and goes to Egypt. Beware, friends. Beware in 2020. The Lord's saying, don't go back to Egypt. Don't go back to where you think it's comfortable. Don't go back to the life of sin. Don't go back to the place where there's there's idols everywhere you go. It seems easier for the moment. But there's no prosperity. There's no peace. There's only lack and bankruptcy in your heart and in your soul. I'm saying, come forth into the place of promise. Don't return. I take no pleasure in Egypt. I take pleasure in what I have promised. Come into it. Come into it. Be led by me and follow me. Would you follow this morning? Would you follow this morning?